What is up, North Central? Hey, so fun to be here. Wow. I was not smart enough to get into this school, so it's amazing that, and that says a lot. Come on now. Um, so it's amazing that they allowed me to speak at chapel. Uh, I just got to give honor really quick to where honors do. My beautiful wife is here with me. Come on. Love Jesus. Serve Jesus. And we've been married 18 months. Um, we don't have any children, but we do have a dog that she likes to claim as a child, and it's annoying. But it's okay. We uh, Also, Pastor Josh. Come on. Don't you love Pastor Josh? Give it up for him. Amazing. So great. Okay, uh, sound tech man, which clock am I supposed to be looking at? Y'all got 13 clocks up there. The red one? The middle one? No, I need the one that's going to tell me when to get off the stage. The red Okay, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. All right. The red one. I figured. All right. Uh, so I just want to get so excited to be here. What's up? Give it up for Gina. Anybody love Gina? That's my homie. We go connect. Kenosha in the house. I was surprised that more people from Kenosha. Anybody from Michigan here? Michigan people, yes. Born and raised. Go blue. All right, here we go. Let's jump into it. Any, I just want to know, um, I was never a rule follower of any kind. I was a rule. If there was a rule to break. Hey, Morgan. I see you back. Okay, I got to get back to it. Uh, if, I, if there was a rule to break, if there was a line to cross, I was going to come right up to the line. Anybody like me, you like to know exactly where the boundary is. And I know you're in chapel. It's okay. We're not going to lie. But I was a, like, a, if there was a rule, I was going to find a way to break it. I'm the kid, like, you ever seen those cat videos where the cat just pushes the little glass, and they're like, don't, don't you do it. And the cat's like, and looks right. That was me, right? I would lie straight to my mom's face. I did not give a rip. It was, it was just how it was. I can't tell you how many report cards got lost in the mail. You know what I'm talking about? You might get a report card or two get lost in the mail. Yeah. That's why you're at college. That's good. That's your college. You made it here. So I uh, was not, I was, I mean, I was, I was just mischievous. I one time uh, tried to, uh, anybody sign a, like a report card or something like that for their mom, sign their mom. Yeah, we got some sinners in the back. That's why you're sitting in the back. It's okay. Um, I signed my mom's name on like a, hey, you read you got a bad grade. You need to know about this. And I signed it and I turned it and I thought I got away with it. But then I discovered, you have to put some light. Yeah, I'm dark. Okay. Um, I thought I got away with it, but then the teacher comes and said, Reggie, I don't think your mom signed this. And I was like, what do you mean? That's my mom's signature. She's like, well, first of all, this is spelled like you use the same J that you use. And the second thing is written in pencil, Reggie. Um, I don't think adults sign things in pencil. I was like, ooh, yeah, that's, that was me. So he called my mom and I get, didn't get away with that. And I just want to know, are there any rule breakers in the house with me? Am I alone? Okay, any, let me see where the rule followers are. Rule followers, yeah. Figured you guys would be at chapel on a Friday. That's, that's who comes to chapel on a Friday, the rule followers. It's okay. Uh, I, uh, I remember growing up, my parents made this statement, you know, uh, if you grew up in a black household like I did, uh, you might have got a couple whoopings. And so um, my parents would often say a hard head makes a Soft behind. All right. Somebody know what I'm talking about today. That means you got spanked just in case you did stuff. I was always getting in trouble. It was bad. And I don't know. Maybe you've been there, too. Maybe you've been in this place where, like, you're just a stubborn person. Anybody would admit I'm a little stubborn? And like, I'm, a little, I'm a little stubborn. I kind of want to do things my way. Yeah. And here's the thing. God knew from the beginning of time that we would be that way. I don't know why. Me and my wife are both stubborn, so it makes for great arguments, okay? Great, great arguments. Uh, and we, we oftentimes don't finish those arguments because we get tired. 
But I know this. I know this, that God knew that you and I would be stubborn in our nature, that would be stubborn. You know, in fact, we, we oftentimes like to pick on people in Scripture about how stubborn they were, whether it's people, the people of Israel, whether it's Moses or, or Samson. We think about Samson. Man, we do Samson, I think, a disservice in Scripture. I think Samson was like the incredible Hulk of the Bible, right? And yet we push him and we put it a particular... I want to look at today a different man in Scripture, though. A man by the name of Naaman. If you got a Bible with you, did you bring a Bible to chapel? Let me see. You bring a Bible to chapel? Come on, bring a Bible. To, you got a, okay, maybe you got a digital Bible at chapel. It's okay. You charged your Bible up. All right, that's great. Come on, bring, not bringing a Bible to chapel is like coming to lunch without, like going to a picnic without food. What are you coming for? Bring your Bible to chapel. Here we go. So go, the Bible, here we go. Second Kings chapter 5, I got to roll. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 9. Uh, beginning in verse 9, it says it like this. Naaman left with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha. Elisha sent someone outside to say to him, go wash seven times in the Jordan River. Then you will be completely cured. But Naaman stormed off, grumbling. Why couldn't he come out and talk to me? I thought for sure he would stand in front of me and pray to the Lord his God and then wave his hand over my skin and cure me. What about the Abana River or the Farpar River? Those rivers in Damascus are just as good as any river in Israel. I could have washed in them and been cured. His servant went over to him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, you would have done it. So why don't you do what he said? Go wash and be cured. Verse 14, Naaman walked down to the Jordan, he waded out into the water, stooped down in it seven times, and just as Elisha had told him, at once he was cured. His skin became as smooth as a child. Let me pray with you. Holy Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity today to share your living word. God, I pray that as we go into your word, that your living word will go into us. So, Father, I pray that my message and my preaching would not be with persuasive words of wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of your spirit's power so that our faith in this room would not rest on men's wisdom, but rest on your power, O oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you know what I love about the Bible? The Bible, we know this, you know this, you're in Bible college, you know that the Bible is alive. You know that the more you open it, the more that it opens up you. Come on, you know that the more you read it, the more it reads you. The more that you come to it, the more it comes to you. And I'm here to tell you today, I want to talk to you today on the subject, how low can you go? How low can you go? I want to jump to verse 11 really quick. It says this, but Naaman stormed off grumbling. Why couldn't he come out and talk to me? I thought for sure he would stand in front of me, pray to the Lord, and then wave his hand over my skin and cure me. I'm here to tell you today, your arrogance will kill your obedience. You see, Naaman goes off angry and disappointed. Why couldn't he come out and see me? When, 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 why couldn't he come out and say something? Why would he send a servant out? Does he know who I am? Come on, if you know anything about this story, you know Naaman was the master of the army. He was one of the top generals in the army. He was that dude. Naaman was him. Right? He was him. He killed him. He slashed him. He did all that in the midst of having a skin, like an incurable skin disease. Leprosy, you know, is one of those painful things any human can walk through. It is immense pain over and over again. And yet, Naaman was still that dude. 
And so he comes and he says, does he know who I am? Naming, in fact, the scriptures say he brought uh, worth millions, millions of dollars worth of gold and jewelry and clothes and all these things he brought to him to maybe find favor with him. Come on, maybe you're in here today and you're saying, you know how talented I am? I'm doing God a favor by coming to North Central. You know what I gave up? I gave up my basketball career to come to North Central. No, you didn't. Let's be real. Let's, let's be honest. Keep it real. Keep it 100 today. You didn't. Kentucky was not calling, okay? But, but Naaman comes to this man, and, and Naaman says, does he know who I am? I came with horses and chariots and a posse, and he wouldn't even come to the door. And here's the thing. Naaman says these two words that I think you and I need to focus on today. Naaman says, I thought. How many times have you said, I thought, to God? God, God, I, I thought I'd find my, my man by now. I'm here third year of college and I'm still single. I thought for sure by now. But here's the thing. Stop looking for the hype of God. It, oftentimes he's found in the simple obedience of his word. You see, oftentimes we think, God, I love that name. says, I thought he would wave his hand over. You know how dumb that sounds? You read that and you're like, yo, you thought he was going to do what? I thought for sure he would wave his hand over my arm and, and tell me to hokey pokey one, two or three times and I'd be cured. Like, what? No, that's not how it works. It works. You know how God works? He works in the simple obedience of his word. Come on, I thought is why so, social media has become so polarizing. I thought they should do it like this. I thought, they should, I thought this person should have won. Everybody now has a podcast. Every, I'm tired of so many people having a podcast. Why you got a podcast? You know, back in the day, in order to like have an opinion, you actually had to like have a degree, like have, get published. Like you had to have like, and then get posted. And like the, now we can just like turn our phone on and have an opinion and everybody can hear it. Sometimes your I thought doesn't matter. Hear me, hear me. Our generation values our own thoughts way too much. So as long as your I thought is bigger than what he said, submission is not in your heart, my friend. Hear me today. Your obedience does not require your understanding. Second Kings verse 12, it says like this. What about the Abana River, the Farpar River? Those rivers of Damascus are just as good as any river in Israel, I could have washed it and been cured. Like, my thing is reading the story, and I'm like, you read this, and I always put myself into it. I'm like, Naaman, if you had such a great idea, why did you come to Elisha in the first place? If I'm Elisha, I'm like, yo, you came to my door, bro. I didn't ask you to come here. How often do we do that with God, though? We say, God, I got a problem, but here's how I want you to fix it. God, I, I have a problem, but I already know what the solution is. So if you could just wave your hand and make what I think should happen, happen, that'd be great. Hear me. God's not asking for your advice. He's asking for your obedience. He's not asking for your advice when it comes to what he's called you to do. He's asking for obedience. I think it's funny. When I told my mom, I told my dad, I got called. I feel called in the ministry. My mom looked at me and said, now, mind you, my mom grew up in church. We all grew up in church, born and raised. Dad's a board member. Mom works in church. My mom looked at me and said, he ain't called me. I don't know if you got a mama like that, that I had, like, like if God had to ask my mom for permission. She, I was like, mom, I feel called. He's like, God did not call me and ask me about that. Like, I have, like, mom, that is not how it works. God's 
Not looking for your advice. He's looking for your obedience, my friend. Obedience is what gives birth to blessing. Come on, you know it says in Isaiah 55, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Come on, don't let your eye thought in the, get in the way of his work in your life. You see, so many times we ask the question, why do I have to go through this? Why, why did I have to do this? Why is this my life? Why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? Or why, 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 God? And hear me today, my friend. I, I, would just, I just want you to know something, that God's process is just as valuable to you as his promise. Some of you are asking the question, why am I still here? This is not what I thought it would be. I signed up to go to North Central. I signed up to go to Bible college. I thought I'd have amazing experience. I thought God would just be talking to me on the regular. And I've shown up here and I'm here for three years and I haven't heard God say a word. I want you to know this. Anytime you get a word from God, until you get a next word, just go back to that word. Like if you're, if you're here in this room today and you're saying, I don't know what to do next. Can I tell you what to do? Go to the last thing God told you and just do that. Come on, your obedience does not require your understanding, my friend. You may be sitting in here and saying, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do next. Allow God to take you through his process. Worship team, you can come on up. Come on, my Bible says this, he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. You see, my friend, God is much more interested in bringing you to a destination than just waving your hands over an issue than just waving. No, no, he wants you to lean in. He wants you to trust him, even in the things that seem trivial. Can I be honest with you? Even the things that seem mundane, God is interested in your obedience. He wants to see if you will be faithful in the little steps of faith. Come on, Luke 16 says it like this. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Could it be that you're saying, God, I want to be trusted to preach to thousands, but you won't preach to the person across the street? Come on, some of us say, God, send me across the world. I want to do this, but you won't go across the hallway. You see, I'm interested, and I believe God is interested in people not who are saying, God, send me to the big thing, but say, God, send me to the faithful thing. Second Kings, the last part of this, says, his servant went over to him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, you would have done it. So why don't you do what he said? Go wash and be cured. Naaman walked down to the Jordan. He waded out into the water, stooped down in it seven times. And just as Elisha told him at once, he was cured and his skin became smooth as a child. Can you imagine being there for a moment? This is a good time to play something spiritual. Can you imagine for a moment being at the Jordan River watching what's going on? Come on, Naaman didn't come alone. Naaman came with a crew, came with some friends. He came with a posse. Naaman is in this place and he's saying, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to go do what he said to do. I don't even know why I'm doing this. This feels stupid. I don't understand it. But you know what? I'm in this situation. I got nothing else. I came all this way. I might as well just do it. I love that his servant says, if it was something difficult, you would have done it. So, so Naaman goes out and he steps out into the water. 
And he takes off his armor and he strips down to just his, his undergarments. And I can imagine him walking out and dropping down in this water. Not once, not, not twice, three times, four times, five times. Goes down in this water and he comes up and now he's sick and wet. I don't know about you. Have you ever felt like I've been doing what God told me to do, but I've been doing it one day, two days, three months, four months, five months, and I'm not seeing anything? God, you, you told me to do this. You told me to show up to this school. You told me to do this. You told me. I know you did, but I'm here in the middle of it, and I'm just still in the same place I was. Could you imagine how Naaman felt on the fourth time he came up? Wet. Cold. Half-naked and still not healed. So Naaman going down a fifth time, nothing. Going down a sixth time, nothing. And, and I can imagine him going down on the seventh time. And the Bible says he came up and his skin was like that of a baby. Soft, smooth. Now, if you know anything, you guys are smart scholarly students. Come on, you came to chapel on a Friday. You know that anytime you see numbers in Scripture, you know that the number is not there on accident. You know seven is a biblical numerology. You know the number seven is a number of what? Completion. So it wasn't just, come on, you remember this. You remember in Jericho when, they, when the Israelites marched around the wall of Jericho? And on the seventh day, on the seventh time, the walls fell. Come on, you know in the beginning of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth in how many days? Seven. So there's something special about the number seven. You see, hear me, hear me. Stop looking for God in the difficult. He's simply just saying, be faithful with what I've called you to do. Be faithful with what I've asked you to do. You know, I found this to be true, that the place you don't want to be is often where your healing is found. Because, my friend, your healing is found in your humility. Your ability to say, not my will, but yours be done, Jesus. Not my thoughts, but, but your thoughts. I don't want to get in the way of what you want to do in my life. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. I don't even know all the changes that are happening in my life right now. I don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to go back to the last thing you told me to do. I'm just going to keep going down. Can I ask you today, how low are you willing to go to be obedient to God? See, I wonder how he went down in the water. I can imagine Naaman. I'm a little... I like to put a little humor in scripture sometimes so I can imagine him going down in the water, lazy the first time. You know how we do. We don't really think it's going to work, so you just kind of, ugh, it ain't work. The third, fourth time, he's kind of going down. And I can imagine all the things, and it doesn't say this in the scripture, but I like to read this in the scripture. I believe God wasn't just washing away his leprosy. No, my friend, I believe God was washing away his ego. God was washing away his pride. I believe God was washing away his worry, his disbelief. I believe God was washing off his fear of being, uh, of his appearance. Come on, we, we, we know all the people that like to look always perfect in church. Like nothing's ever wrong in their life. God wants to wash all that off of you today. And say, hey, would you just come to me and be obedient with what I've asked you to do? So hear me today, it's not your depth of knowledge in class and your homiletical 
exegetical knowledge of scripture that makes you deep in Christ. You want to know the greatest level indicator of your depth in Christ is your level of obedience. Would you stand with me today? I'm going to ask if you got some faculty folks in the house that want to come down the front and just, just pray over some students if you're here uh, and able to pray. Because I just believe that there's some things that God wants to wash off of you today, students. And so I'm going to ask you the simple thing. Will you do the small acts of obedience God is asking you to do today? I don't know what it is. You know what it is. Maybe you found yourself confused and in a place where you don't know what's next. I believe God wants to share that with you today. So I want to pray for you. I'm just going to invite worship team to play something. And if you feel like, hey, I just need prayer over this area of my life. I need somebody to speak to me. I need somebody to show me something. I need just, I need healing in my heart for something. I need to wash this pride of me and my thoughts and my ways being higher than the ways of the Lord. That's you. I just want to pray for you and ask you to come. Jesus, we thank you today. God, we ask that in this place that you and your thoughts would always reign supreme in our hearts. God, you we know and we believe that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So, God, I pray that our thoughts and our ways would never supersede your word. God, let us trust you. God, I pray for our obedience in this room today. God, let us trust your word more than our will. Let us lean into what you've called us to do today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.